Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, baseball fans. The game is over. Welcome to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. After the last pitch, you've made the switch for 17 years. It's time to talk about the game and the team with Tim Allen. Tim Allen's here. What do you got, Tim? We'll hear the highlights. And that one's hit high and deep to right. Suzuki back. Grown man home run by Rowdy Telez. And the Brewers have the lead. We'll hear from the manager and the players. We'll discuss the topics from the fans to the front office. I like Tim's perspective. History is made each and every year, and we're talking about it. 17 years of coverage after each game. Here's your host, Tim Allen. It is a final of the game, the series and the road trip, and the results are good. A come-from-behind victory as the Brewers sweep the Pirates once again. And welcome in, everybody. It is the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Sam Schmitz is here today. Tim Allen and a Brewers 3-2 victory. They put up a couple of runs to answer back. They put up those two runs in the ninth inning. And wait a second here. Are you kidding me? That's the are you kidding me moment here. Christian Yelich did not start this game, and he's a pinch hitter with one out in the ninth inning. And how did we get to this point where where he's going to lay down a bunt in a one-run game in the ninth inning with one out instead of trying to swing away and tie the game with the sweetest one of the sweetest swings in baseball and he's going to try and tie the game with a home run what have we come to here Christian Yelich laid down a bunt with one out in the ninth inning I don't know why that strikes me as weird does that strike you as weird Sam Schmitz no I love it I mean when you're struggling (laughs) even in games like if a team is struggling to get hits you're seeing a couple managers around the league like the New York Mets They'll whip out a bunt here and there to get things going. And if, if you're Christian Yelich, too, and your team needs a run, why not? Colton Wong broke an 0 for 16 with a bunt the other day. 
I mean, sometimes you just have to do it. Maybe that'll kickstart Christian Yelich. I'm just saying, and I agree with you, that I, I, it's sort of my form of baseball, my style of baseball. You do what you got to do. But just the, the, the dichotomy between what has been and what is now, could you imagine him doing that in 2018 or 19? I don't think anybody could. Everyone would lose their mind. Are you kidding? Why are you – Christian Yelich is laying down a bunt with one out in the ninth inning, down one. No, don't do that. You want to hit the ball over way that way, over the wall, and then we'll be tied, and then we can go from there. Then the next guy can bunt, and we can try uh, going for the victory. It was big today, and I heard you and uh, Rami talking about it doesn't feel like the Brewers had won 8 of 10 coming into this. Now 9 of 11. And I think it is uh, interesting to point out here that the the two in their last 11 that they've lost – They've had the lead in the eighth inning in both of those games. That is interesting. So they're, they're, they're not playing well, yet they're winning baseball games. Now 13-7 and seven through the first 20 games. I don't think anyone's going to tell you that the Brewers have a good offense. I don't think they're going to tell you right now through the 20 games. I don't think they're going to tell you that. I don't think you think that. I know I don't think that yet. I think they're going to be a better offense. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We'll get you some highlights today. I know it's NFL draft day, so we'll button up some Brewers baseball and then uh, go from there, uh, get back to some Bucks uh, on their championship run to defend a title, and, and then certainly the NFL draft tonight. Uh, can I just make a comment on the NFL draft, Sam? Is it within, within the rules and the parameters at the fan here that Tim can actually talk NFL football? Absolutely. Okay. Here's, here's what I would do. By midnight tonight, A.J. Brown would have a Packer helmet. And I would go over the top to overpay for that wide receiver. I would send a one, two, and a two. And if I had to, I'd send another pick next year. I don't know if Tennessee would, would buy that. Do you think ten, Tennessee, you, you've been talking more NFL draft than I have. Do you think Tennessee would go for that? A one and two. Two first-rounders this year, a second round this year, and let's just say a third-rounder next year. I think they absolutely would. With all those, fir- those first-round picks and the second-round pick, absolutely. Why wouldn't Green Bay then do that? Because A.J. Brown is going to hit his stride. He really is. But, again, I digress a little bit. That's just my opinion. I'm, I'm big in overpaying for something that you want because you want it, and then you get it. And then it hurts for a little bit. Yes, indeed, it, it will and does. But then A.J. Brown hits the home run ball better than Devontae Adams. Now, is he a better receiver than Devontae Adams? I don't think so. Not yet. But he hits the home run ball better, and he's somewhat of a possession-type receiver. Just saying, just something to think about for later on when Rami talks more NFL draft. But it is a big day in the world of sports, uh, mainly here early on. It's the Brewers taking care of the Pirates as they run their mark again to 13 and seven through the first 20 games. We'll get to some highlights. We're going to hear from Craig Council coming up, and I want to get your reaction here, 414-799-1250. Here's the deal. Threw it out there on Twitter. Everyone's been talking about the offense and Christian Yelich. And I was I figured 20 games, kind of a neat little benchmark. It's you know one-eighth in, into the season here. First month of the year, uh, just about done. A couple of more games left, and, and then we'll flip it to May. 
But I think those of us, us that will complain about uh, the offense and those of us that will complain about Christian Yelich, you have a point to a degree. Of course you do. At what in this, you got to think real objectively. And I know it's a little exercise in, in common sense here for a lot of us passionate Brewers fans, but really take things into consideration. They're not going to bench Christian Yelich in the first 20 games. They're not going to bring three or four or five new additional players in after 20 games, if at all this year. In fact, that would be crazy if they did. So at what point do you start making the moves and reacting to a bad offense? I want a specific date. That way it legitimizes your argument. And we have to show some patience. I'm showing the utmost patience in this offense. I am. Does it bother me? that Jose Quintana was doing his thing against the Brewers again today? Of course it does. But in the big picture, be objective about it. At what point then do you say, hey, this really everybody across the board would think about making a change at this date? It's May 1st. It's too early for me. May 15th, too early for me. June 1st. This is both the offense and Yelich. You can have two different dates if you want. Your wife, your wife isn't going to like that, but no. But I'm, I'm just saying you could go June, June first. That's still too early for me. Okay, can I just go ahead and say it? I with think regards, I know where you're going. I think with, I'm there too. With regards to Christian Yelich, I go all the way through the first four months of the season before I do anything with him, and I know it's a shock and sticker. Uh, sticker shock value on that statement. I understand that. The numbers, the, uh, Tim, how could you? You can't You can't give a 185. I don't know what he went up to now with that base hit in the ninth. Sam, what, where is he at now? Uh, but he was at 185 coming in. His on-base percentage coming into today was 276. He's, he's going uh, to a 197 clip right now with the batting average. And his uh, on-base percentage is what, 290-something? So August 1st seems like an extreme, doesn't it? That's my date, though. Where's yours? At least I'm putting a date on it where I can legitimately, objectively, analytically take a look at Yelly's situation and say, yeah, now's the time. But right now, for me, it's not the time. And it won't be next week and it won't be next month. I'll tell you why in a little bit. Why I feel that way. Now, the offense also. Where's the date where you just have a legitimate beef to say? Because you know what everyone's going to tell you right now. They're winning games. That's a factor in your objectivity, right? They are winning baseball games. They're 13-7. and seven. They won 13 of their first 20 games out of the shoot here in the 22 championship season. But that's part of it. That's part of the objectivity. That's part of the exercise. When you judge a team this early. So does that buy more time? I think it does for me. I think it does for the Christian Yelich situation also. Mine is August 1st. I'm not moving him to 6th until then. I just, I can't do it. And I don't think we'll even have to cross that, that bridge on August 1st, quite frankly. I don't think we will. I think, I think there's a lot of metrics that say, He's, he's very close. 
Uh, well, maybe not very close, but he's close. So would will we even? But if we do, where would be your date? That way we can all be clear on this. They're winning baseball games, and that's the best thing out of all of this. They're winning baseball games. Look at this today. Freddie Peralta, six shutout innings on three hits. He strikes out eight. I mean, come on. Come on, offense. I know it gets aggravating. It gets frustrating. We put a whole bunch of words, a whole mess of words, flying around Twitter and on this radio show about how deplorable, disgusting, despicable, well, that, I was just hitting the D's in that one. But that this offense is. But you can't make moves like this. That's too knee-jerk reaction. You can tinker with the lineup a little bit. We're seeing slight little tinkers with the lineup. You can tinker with your philosophy of play. You're seeing a few little, little things that are going a little bit different, a little more aggressive on the base pass. You're attempting to steal a little bit more. You're going first and third. You're taking a few more risks. You're, you're going to uh, hit the ball the other way just a little bit. Just a, there, You're seeing some changes, subtle changes. But I'm talking about major changes where Yelly has moved down to the 6th or 7th spot. Or Colton, I don't see why this is a major change, but apparently it is now, putting Colton Wong every day back in the leadoff spot. Had five hits in this series. Putting Willie Adamas in the in the three hole and leaving him there. I mean, th- those are changes. Sending guys uh, like Keston Hira back down. Although I think he's seeing the ball a little bit better. Four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. Brewers get the win today. But where's your your doomsday date where you can say, "Hey, that's it. Changes need to be done on this offense." It's okay to talk about this, even though. Everything's not off limits because the Brewers are winning. That's not the way it works. That's not the way it works with the passion with fans. You can't just say, well, they're winning baseball games, so I'm not going to talk about the bad offense. I'm not going to talk about a bad on-base percentage. That's, That's not how this works. They may think it does. But that's not how this works. I hope they understand that. I think to a degree they do. It probably irks them a little bit that people around social media and on shows like this, um, you know, bring up bring an, uh, up an offensive uh, D date when they're winning baseball games. But I think it's perfectly fair. But I want you to be objective on the dates. When do you make wholesale changes with a lineup? Give me a date on this. Don't just say, well, let's just see how it goes. That way we can track this thing and we know. When, when do you give a date? At what point do you say, okay, we've had enough with Yelich. You need to get your stuff together. You're banished to the six hole until further notice. Sorry, dude. You're going to bat where Omar normally bats until further notice. When would be that date for you, a specific date? Could be the All-Star break. How about the All-Star break? That's as specific as you can be, too. I don't know the exact date of that, but that that's specific enough. All right, uh, let's go to Mike. Mike, uh, you're first up here. Afternoon victory, 3-2 the final. McCutcheon had all three RBIs in a 3-2 win. What's on your mind? It's nice to see. You know, the other night I called in and I didn't even have a point. I was just so excited <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the fact that they're not playing that well, but they're doing the, what they need to do to win the game. 
Christian Yelich laying down a bunt. I mean, that was so awesome. And McCutcheon getting the getting the, uh, the RBIs on against his old team. And Council, I think it's making a few moves that are making you a little more happy. But I'm I'm a little pumped because. Uh, so when look, Mike, you 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 follow this team. When is it okay to get on Christian Yelich for having a bad start or having a bad run? And when is it okay to get on the Brewers if it's not now? Which I don't think it is. It's not now. We can't. We're frustrated game by game. But overall, when is it okay? Give me a date. When is it? May first, May fifteenth, June fifteenth, July first. When is it? June fifteenth. I, I think he's gonna work with work with the guys and see. And I think that's a good time because. You know, I, I think we got a good team with a lot of good baseball players. I, June 15th. Gotcha, Mike. Thanks for the call. I know where David Stern's time frame was last year. You know, you know, you remember where his breaking point was last year, right? Because this team was doing the same thing last year that they're doing right now th- through the first 20 games. Almost identical. His breaking point was... When did they acquire Adamas? May 21st, 22nd? Somewhere in there. That was his breaking point. So June 15th is not out of line. It's not inconsistent with what they thought last year. I would say, you know where I'm at with Yelich. You can call me crazy, and it's all right to disagree with me. I'm not touching the dude until August 1st. I'm not touching the $230 million beast of a player because the reward is that much worth the risk. You got to give him every bit of time as much as, as much as I want to reel that in objectively. I look at it this way, that that reward, that prize is worth it. If you don't mess with him, let him figure it out. A lot of times when someone's slumping, they're taking in too much information. They're, they're consuming too much information. They're getting it from their coaches. They're getting it from their teammates. They're getting it from their buddies. They're getting it from their own video work. They're getting it from their own study habits, their own analytics, their own feel. You got all these angles coming into them. They got to figure it out on their own. That's another reason, uh, you know, with regards to objectivity. That's another reason why I give them the lion's share of three more months. That sounds crazy, but I do. Let's go to Todd. Todd, you're next on the fan. Todd, give me a date on the offense where you got a little bit of a breaking point where changes need to be made, and give me a a breaking point on Christian Yelich where you got to make a change with him. And I'm not saying sitting him down and bench him and trade him and all that. Just moving him down is going to be the first thing. Howdy, boys. Uh, Timmy, I'd like to say just right off the bat, we finally got a really nice team at bat in the ninth with that bunch. That uh, that was uh, Team AB's, that's for sure. I was stunned at right? that. <laughs> I mean, th- again, rewind the clock to 2018-2019. One mm-hmm. run down in the ninth inning. You don't even want him squaring to bunt. You want him to hit the ball over the fence. Right, but uh, I guess, you know, times change and players change and uh, so forth, but uh, I would say I'm not sure what the trade deadline is. I don't know the exact date of that, but I guess um, since we're in a poor division, uh, uh, so they say, fortunately we have that luxury of 
you know, winning maybe these, you know, games like today where you you win by a run or two. But if you can just win the series, you know, especially in our division, at that point, uh, you're, you're far ahead. So I would I would say uh, with Yelich and the offense, I'm going to go. I'm not sure of the date of the trade deadline. It's that, it's that, roughly that, August first. Yeah. Okay, August first. So what if you say, yeah August first? I would say the trade deadline with both of them, just because we do have the luxury of you know being a mediocre division, and you can kind of work some kinks out at uh, to your advantage. And at that point, you know when you really get in the meat and potatoes uh, of you know maybe not of the schedule but of the season, I would say uh, yeah August first. I'd agree with you. And both uh, both the offense and Yelich, or, or just yeah, Yelich? I would say with Yelich too. You know, he he's got he brings so many different you know intangibles to the game. You know, his base running speed is insane. You know, today he ran out that bunt. There's just things that he has. You know, I know he's not a big rah rah guy and big team leader. You know, maybe not what we see, but I think there's a lot more things that he does bring to the game. It's easy to get down on the man. Um, you know, it's easy to, you know, point fingers and just human nature. But I would say, I'd say both the, the team and Yelly, let's go to August 1st. And at that point, you have the luxury of making a trade, move them down, you know, shake up the lineup and uh, see what you can do. Yeah, Todd, uh, you know that. Uh, thanks for the call. You, you and I, if, if we say Yelich gets till August 1st before we move, and you know, moving, you know, uh, we're looking at like, I don't know. We're looked at like we're loony. Because what they're going to say is, and it's okay to disagree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. But I just pointed out all the reasons why they're winning baseball games. He is, in theory, your franchise player right now. You've got to have him figured out on, on his own. You have pitching to back up giving him the time to do so. I mean, you have all these things, all these things going for a later date in this. At the same time, it's a results-based industry. Well, it's supposed to be. And if you don't produce results, that changes will come at some point. And that's what we're talking about. Putting you on record. And, and putting the, 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 the folks that say it's too early, and I've said this before earlier this year, if it's too early, then just tell me when it's officially okay to make some changes and to be a little more radical about things, a little more upset about things. 414-799-1250, Gene Wagner Plumbing postgame show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street and Oak Creek. We are live here in the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education. Learn on your turn lakeland.edu first pitch of the game the brewers had the lead one zip not necessarily the last pitch of the game but andrew mccutcheon made it count in his last at bat he, he had a two-run base hit to give the brewers uh, ultimate uh 3-2 victory they're 13 and 7 they've won 9 of 11 another brilliant pitching performance this one the best of the year from freddie peralta and we're talking about time to get this offense going Where's your doomsday date to make some changes? 414-799-1250 on NFL Draft Day. Brewers get the victory, 3-2. We're right back here, 1250 AM, The Fan.
It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. What play got you the most excited from today's game? Did it get you up off the couch? It's time for the call of the game presented by the 5 O'Clock Steakhouse. 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network. Visit them and make online reservations at 5oClockSteakhouse.com. Well, I guess you could call them the cardiac crew today because they put up a couple of runs to retake the lead, 3-2 in the ninth, and that's your final. They get the victory today, and they uh, sweep the Pittsburgh Pirates again. And welcome back in. Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street, No Creek. Uh, we'll get to you guys on hold. It's, just, uh, it's a question that I think... I think is a fair question, and they get the victory, winning uh, nine of their last 11 games. Okay, and it really, it doesn't seem like that, but it is. This season is fun. If nothing else, this season is a whole hell of a lot of fun. I will say that. But I think it's a fair question in which would put some parameters on when it's sort of okay to have a, uh, have a change of some kind. I don't know what that change may be, but just to determine when a change would come, I think is fair. Can we agree it's all too early to make any sort of any any sort of heavy lean into a uh uh a wholesale change? I think we can all agree on that. But when would it be time? None of this I'm a little mildly concerned here, so we'll wait and see what happens and then when we get to July, it'll be no, just when when's the when's the date for you that you would just hit your hit hit your wall and just say, "Man, that's enough." Something's got to be done here because they are one of the worst teams in baseball. And that's okay to say, despite the fact that they're winning. I I think it's okay. But use all objectivity here in the answers, both with the offense and with Christian Yelich. If it's August 1st, which is where it's at for me for Yelich, the offense, maybe uh, that would be bumped up a little bit. That would be bumped up to, for me, mm, I would say... I don't know if I can handle another month of this. So June 1st might be a little stretchy for me. I would say late May would be the third week in May, May 21st. Let's just say May 21st. Oh, lo and behold, gee, that's going out on a limb, Tim. That was Dave, David Stearns hitting the wall with this offense last year. He made a change solely based on a lack of offense on May 21st last year. I'm going to stay right around that area just to make it uh, a little bit different. I'll say Memorial Day Monday. Yeah, I'll go almost to June 1st, May 30th for the offense. Time for the call of the game brought to you by 5 O'Clock Steakhouse, Wisconsin's number one steakhouse by the Food Network, now featuring home grill kits to go. Visit them at 5oClockSteakhouse.com. It was the ninth inning. Brewers had given up the lead in the seventh inning. They had a one-zip lead into the bottom half of that seventh. Boxberger gave up a couple of runs, his first two runs on the season, and the Brewers suddenly were down 2-1. to one. Fast forward to the ninth inning. You get the bases juiced, and the rally was started by a bunt base hit with one out by uh, Christian Yelich, of all guys, then a Colton Wong base hit, then an Omar Narvaez base hit, and that set the table for a guy that, took the first pitch of the game over the fence for a one-zip Brewers lead at that time, and then down 2-1, to one, bases juice. It was the same dude, Andrew McCutcheon. 
How about a line drive? Off the glove and into right center. One run is in. Here comes Colton Wong to score. And just like that, the Brewers have taken a 3-2 lead. Boy, Van Meter squeezes that. The game is over and the Pirates win. Right off the leather of Van Meter. And it's a two-run knock for McCutcheon. How about that from Bally Sports, Wisconsin? Our call of the game, Jeff Levering, on the ninth inning call. 799-1250, let's get to you guys. Richard, you're next up here on The Fan. What's up, Rich? It's been a long time, uh, Tim. Yeah, Number thanks, one, you, thanks you, for checking in. Crazy, you're not crazy for to, to bringing up the subject of Yellick and what to do with him. Uh, but this is not just this season. This is going post-knee injury. Last year, Yellick was a below-average hitter. Uh, OPS, he was 99. The league average is 100. So for a whole year, he he was below average. This year, he's got an OPS uh, of 67. If, if, if the league average by a baseball reference is 100, that's way below average. My timetable for first of all, he's not tradable. He's untradable. Okay. Not because he's of the money factor. No one's going to pay $170 million for a guy who's a below average hitter. Now, he's got great base running skills. He's one of the best base runners in baseball. There's no question about that. But the problem is, he's got to get on base. And he hasn't changed one iota. He still stands up straight. He's passive. He takes a lot of pitches. He cannot hit the high inside fastball. Uh, the other night I saw Anthony Rizzo on one of the ES, ESPN or uh, baseball network hit two home runs, two of his three, on the inside part of the plate because he could turn and twist and get out in front of the ball. Yellick bat is slow. He's slow to accelerate. He can hit a changeup. The home run he hit was his changeup. He has a difficult time because I think it's a mental thing. He's just a tick behind. That's because that results in one ground ball after another. If he hit just like he did for if he hit just as like he hit for Miami, which was good. I mean, two eighty mm-hmm. uh, average, seven eighty OPS. That'd be just fine with thirty doubles, eighteen home runs, seventy five RBIs. But he's not doing that. So I have a feeling would, time is up for you. I would, I would give him. Well, I, I, no, I, I. Here's what I'm saying. I would put Tyrone Taylor and kind of switch roles. If I would see Yellick play two or three times a week, and I would see a change in his approach, I see a more intensity uh, going after the ball, more fierceness, more aggressiveness. If I see more fly balls. I wouldn't give up on the guy, but I would be, I would say by middle of May, uh, he's, he's completely switched his role with Tyrone Taylor. Tyrone Taylor, every time he plays a game, he's hitting, getting a key hit. He, today he almost hit a, a triple off the center field wall. The guy's got, he's out, it, it's baseball performance. And whatever other uh, great player that he was in 18 mm-hmm. and 19, Yellick right now, <laughs> is not doing it, and he hasn't done it since the knee injury. So mid-May, you would actually demote him to a halftime player? I Absolutely. And if he showed something during that period of time, then I, I wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be a permanent, 
But if I saw a change, if I saw him open up his stance, or if I saw a crouch, but I don't see anything on his part that he's changed anything right. okay. to try to solve his problem. Which I is, gotcha. He can't, he can't get the ball into the air. Okay, so, Richard, thank, thanks for the call. Obviously, we're going to be monitoring the situation. That might be putting it mildly. But see, Richard for Yelich says mid-May and then a change of some kind, at least – you know, when we can, you, if you want to go on to describe the actual change you'd make, that's cool too. But I'm mainly interested in the time parameter here and the, the date stamp. When do you stamp that date as to when you would make any sort of change? To me, it's August 1st. And even at that, he's not out of the lineup. You, with these, let's just say the numbers prorate out to, to be identical to what they are now. You're going down to 6th or 7th, Yelich, I don't know what else to do with you. You'd do the same thing if you were the manager, Christian. But it's not till August 1st, and quite frankly, I don't think we'll have to make that change by August 1st. Call it optimism, hope, whatever you want to, want to call it. Uh, Sean, you're next on the fan at 799-1250. What's up, Sean? Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call, Jim. Sure. Uh, um, yeah, everything you're saying I'm tracking with, you're scratching me right where I itch. The only thing that I'm looking is maybe to make the, the change on the Memorial Day weekend series, and that would include maybe moving Yelich to that five, six, seven slot. Um, I would really like to see Colton Wong lead off every time he is in the lineup, and also, I think as much as I love him, it may be time to move Lorenzo Kane to the fourth outfield spot. And like the gentleman before me said, make Tyrone Taylor an everyday guy. And then at times, uh, if there is a left-handed pitcher that Yelly has a uh, bad history with, maybe that's the days we sit him. Yeah, I, you know, I get what you're saying. Okay, Sean, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Um... The thing with, with Taylor where and, – and now we're talking about the offense and when you'd make the change. Okay, for some people that's right now with Tyrone Taylor uh, versus Lorenzo Kane. There does seem to be something with Tyrone Taylor and energy. One of our callers said a little lackluster feel to uh, Christian Yelich, whereas there's some energy. That's tough to measure. It's tough to read that sort of thing. It's a lot like saying the players don't look like they're trying I mean, how, we, we can't prove that, and, and I seriously doubt that. But I, I get that intangible part of it where the energy is brought by Taylor. Couldn't you say the same thing? It might be a horse apiece that the leadership is brought by Lorenzo Cain. I mean, you could measure those two things as sort of even. I don't think Tyrone Taylor's numbers are dramatically just off the charts, are they? Let's, let's do a check. Uh, Sam, if you could just check after today's game, Tyrone Taylor. And I think they're okay, but, I mean, they're, they're, nothing, they're, they're nothing extravagant. Yeah, currently Tyrone Taylor after today's game batting 195 with a 341 yeah, I mean, slugging percentage. So, again, does it seem like he plays the game with a little more intensity or energy? Yeah, but that can be deceiving too. That can be. I, I, I've always said just to be careful with, with the way it looks. I go by, by the production, and I go by what they say. Now, with regards to Christian Yelich, I've said it before about Brewer players. I, I can't stop saying it. There's probably a personality 
<laughs> dysfunction that would happen between me and Christian Yelich. I don't think we'd be the best of friends. And I don't dislike the guy. It's just like you don't get along with some people. And that to me is he probably thinks the same thing about me. And I, it, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't matter. So, But does it seem like when he speaks that you care more about winning or more about him performing than he does? Just giving you my opinion. Kind of sounds that way to me sometimes. Like, I care more than he does. Man, you really hate that California cool. Um, but I get I it. I mean, ever, I, I don't know if I've ever met anybody from California that I like. I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> but, I mean, it's if there's one thing I hate him, and look, I would love for him to get fired up after games and stuff like that and smash, you know, Gatorade coolers when he's struggling and all that. But That's not what I'm saying, but, yeah, I yeah, get your point. But – if there's one thing I hate, I hate it's when people act fake and not who they are just to please other people. Like, I think True. people, I think fans want Christian Yelich to act like Niger Morgan after a game, you know, in post-game interviews and stuff like that. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. If if he did, people would be like, is, some, is Christian okay? So, mm-hmm. I would love for it, but I just don't think it's ever going to happen at this point. Yep, I agree with you. Let's go to Nate. Nate, you're next on the fan. Give me a couple of dates here. One on the offense to make a change, one on Christian Yelich to make a change. Um, for me, um, uh, I'm kind of, for me, let me, let me go like this. This left-handed lineup needs to be put in the trash now. Um, but if you want to say like the offense in total, I'll probably give them to about, um, the all-star break. And that's the same thing I have with Christian Yelich, all-star break. Okay. Um, anything like. For me, it's like when it's when it's time to get suited and booted. It's it's after the All Star break because that's when you really that's when teams start evaluating. Like, okay, we're here and we really need to start getting ready for the postseason, and they should start really looking into what where they need where they need to be better at, and and that's what what every team around the league does. So if Christian Ellis is not hitting by the All Star break. And the offense is not better by the All Star break. They need to sit out with um, Council Stearns, um, Matt Arnold. They need to sit out and reevaluate this plan and see where they need to be better at, and, and uh, how they can help this offense and how or, and how they how Christian Ellis can help them. Um, I feel like he will be. I feel like he will be better. I'm I'm just hoping that he is better because I told, like I said before. I, I'm give I'm gonna give them some time. I'm not usually patient with with guys because I feel like you should be hitting, especially when you had two bad seasons the year before. But I'm trying to give them. I'm trying to be patient. But for me, anything past the All Star break is is when I'm going to be like, okay, now it's time to yep. now it's time yep. to do do things about it. Okay, gotcha, Nate. Hey, enjoy the draft tonight. I know you'll be all into that. Thank, thanks for the call. Uh, he, you mentioned against uh, the the against the left-handed starter, the lineup against the left-handed starter. Let me just update you on that. Brewers now, which today was against the left-handed starter, they ended up winning this baseball game. Brewers are now against lefties. They have faced. Nine times this year they have faced a left-handed starter. Now, to really make things fair, two of those starts, lefties uh, were, were openers. It wasn't like a starting pitcher, per se, was starting. But let's just let's go with it, because the lineup was comprised because of that left-handed opener 
or starter. So I think it's fair to compile the numbers. Uh, in those nine games, the Brewers are now four and five with 17 runs scored. Now, this is the total in the game, not just against the starters, total in the game, 17 runs in the nine games. And the lineup was put together based on facing a left-handed starter. That would change right now if it were me. That has nothing to do about really uh, winning baseball games. But maybe that's one of the first things that you see as a change. That leave these guys play. Let Rowdy face a lefty. Let Rowdy play. Is Craig Council, if your name's not Willie Adamas or, or Christian Yelich, would you ever get eight starts in a row? Nope. Think about that. Outside of those two guys, ain't nobody on this team getting eight, eight consecutive starts. And what, is a, what does a player tell you oftentimes over the years? You want consistent ABs. You want, it, it's so difficult to go in and out. Now, the help is on the way. Luis Arias, I would say within a week or so, is going to be back here. But, I mean, he's not going to waltz in like he's uh, going to be an MVP or anything. I mean, stranger things have happened. Maybe he'll start out red hot. But I don't think that that's going to be the case. But is it going to help? Yeah. And where he's going to bat, that's interesting to me. Always reconfiguring lineups. 799-1250. So we've heard since, on these dates, change dates, on the offense and or Christian Yelich, May 15th, we've got a uh, June 15th, we've got a late May, we've got a Memorial Monday, Memorial Day Monday, we've got an all-star break, and we've got an August 1st. <laughs> That's see, all over the road, different, at least... We're putting something into this where we can at least say, hey, it's a very fair and objective kind of time frame. Sam, when would you make any changes? Subtle, though they might be, but when would a change come? Well, for me, the offense, I think I think they're going to make a trade at the end of the day. If they're struggling or if they're getting hot, I think David Stearns is going to find a way to get another bat in this lineup. So for me, we were talking about this yesterday on Rami's show. What would give you confidence or what would make you think that this offense is fixed? And for me, I got to be really patient because, Tim, like you were talking about, when this team got Willie Adamas last year, those first couple, there was about a three-month stretch where they were looking like they could be have the potential to be a top offense in baseball. And they were playing like it, but then they cooled off. So, I mean, for me this year, I feel like that's going to happen at one point this season, but I don't know if I can buy in right after that. So I think I'm with you, at least for the offense as a whole, I think they're going to add a bat at the end of the day. Okay, but I'm pr- you know, I'm going to probably go till August first, just because you know even if they have a hot stretch, I got to see how they rebound after you know maybe another cold stretch after that. Correct. Yes, and when the offense does heat up, I I agree with that. I want to see it. It's the mark of a good offense. The mark of a player too. What they do after a hot streak goes into cold and how they react to it. Um, but I, let me just, I I don't want to rain on your parade, Sam, and I'm not, I'm not going at you. Believe me. Where are you going to fit in another bat in this lineup? Think, think about that. The only place I can see is center field for Taylor and or Kane. You're going to move Renfro. You're going to move Renfro to a bench player and grab another bat. You're going to move, obviously Yelich. You're not moving him, uh, or, or moving him to the bench for a, for a player you acquire, 
Uh, shortstop is taken care of. Are you talking maybe third base? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, I think it is another, probably another center field at the end of the day. It, I don't it think it's somebody to be. I don't think they're going to start every day, but I think it's certainly going to be a platoon situation. Okay. Okay. That that you know that's about it. I, I mean, you're going to start someone. You're going to land a catcher at this point. Uh, that's no. better than Omar. No, you no, got to stick no with chance. Omar. But the yeah. thing is, like, if this offense continues to just scrape runs, and I, I can't make a big deal out of what's going on right now because you're playing the Pirates, you have the Cubs coming up, and then the Reds. So this stretch right now, it's nice, but I can't make too much of it. But if this offense continues to scrape runs and barely put up, you know, performances and waste uh, starts like they kind of did today a little bit, you got to do something. I mean, you can't just, you know, continue to go the whole season going to the playoffs with this. You can't, and I agree, and that's why there has to be a date put on this, and I think Stearns has one in mind. It, we went through this last year, and in uh, the third week of, of May, in, in walks Willie Adamas on a trade to upgrade the offense. I, uh, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you guys, it, it's, a, it's a good spot to be in. However, let me, let me just throw the caveat out there. When people say, well, you're winning baseball games, but it's against the Pirates, and you know, you've got five, six now, six wins against the Pirates. You picked on Baltimore two out of three. You've got Chicago. You're going to have Cincinnati. But if you're going to say that, which is okay, I mean, I get it, but shouldn't you then at the same time say you should be scoring more runs against those teams? You know, the teams are so bad, it's okay to beat them, but then you say, well, the offense gets a pass. The offense doesn't get a pass. They get a pass now for one main reason, simply because it's early. Then the, the, the subtitles to that are, you're winning baseball games, you see some signs, you know, these types of things. This guy's a slow starter. The weather's been an issue. You can use all of those things. Underneath, the, it's too early because it is early. And one of the main factors is you are winning baseball games, which should super supersede most anything in terms of change. But August 1st, and I know it sounds crazy. It, it does because that's a, that, that seemingly is a long time. But isn't it worth it? If you get to mid-July and Yelich is rolling, or mid-June and Yelich in this offense is rolling and you're still running out there against righty lineup, against lefty lineup. I'm all for it. You'll be all for it. Everyone's happy. They're winning baseball games and they're on a roll. But if not, don't you think they should? You would. You'd make a change of some kind. And some of those changes could be the style of play. Some of the changes could be lineups. Some of the changes could be sent to the minors. Some of the changes could be trades. Some of the changes just benching, uh, different roles. All of those things come into play, but not yet for the reasons, the reasons I just discussed. We're, we're uh, going to hear from Craig Council. you want to get in one more, or do you want to break, Sam? Yeah, before do? Mike's been hanging on for a while, let's okay. go to Mike here before we take a break. What do you say, Mike? Good, Tim. How are you doing? More important how you are. Ah, uh, great. Uh, you know, thank God for the Pirates, right? Because we're six and zero against them, seven and seven against the rest of the league. Okay. But we got thirty-seven games against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. So I mean, if you whip up on those teams, you could still win ninety games if you 
you know, play 500 with the rest of your schedule. Well, win 13 of every 20, man, you're going to have one yeah. hell of a year. I think it is way too early to start thinking about changes. Um, like you said, it's only 20 games, a lot of cold weather games. And the problem is when your club is hitting 200, who are you going to put in the third spot if you're going to move Yelich out of there? I mean, you don't have a guy who's taken off, and I think your your leading hitter is 239 or something like that, McCutcheon. I mean, I think if somebody gets hot, like Adamas, like it seemed like he was going to get hot after they came the other day, you move that guy into your third spot. I mean, your third okay. spot in your lineup is your best hitter, right? The question would be when, though, Mike. And and I agree with you. It's too early to make yeah. a, and you know, you might make subtle changes on a hit and run here and there, a stolen base, or a you know, a, a, a get the ball in play type of AB, a team at bat, whatever, bunt, whatever it might be. But if it is too early, when is it not too early for you? Give me a give me a date. I would say mid June. Uh, like we get into the warmer warmer months, July first, mm-hmm. maybe. I mean, if you don't have a guy hitting two sixty by then, <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to get hot in his lineup, and hitting is contagious, and maybe that'll get the rest of the guys going. You're right. Someone's going to haul off and be a 60, 260 hitter on this team. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the offense on. is down in the league everywhere. I mean, it, it, we're just an exception. We're, we're lower than most of the teams, but our pitching is, is always going to keep us in it. But, it, yeah, you just got to see how the season goes. You put your best hitter third. You put your best power hitter fourth. If it's not Yelich, then you got to move him down. Yes, you do. And at some point, they will if it gets deeper into the season. I don't know where that breaking point is for, for Stearns and Council, but they've got one. I can I can promise you they've got one. Yelich doesn't get the three-hole for the next seven years, folks. <laughs> it's not going to happen if he continues this. Mike, thanks for the call. I'm super proud of everybody so far. Sam, not one, even cynically, has said, Tomorrow against the Cubs. Yeah. Well, right? yeah, we had somebody who was, you know, giving us everything and anything about, you know, what he should change in his batting stance. But, yeah, nobody's been irrational yet so far in saying, well, they've already had it. We're getting a lot of it on Facebook, though. That's for sure. Did, are we getting a lot yeah. on Facebook? We're getting a lot of it's already been two years. I mean, you know, I've had enough patience with them, which is understandable, but we're talking about this season alone. Just this season stand alone, because that's the reward you're going to get with any risk you take here. With any change risk that you take, there's got to be some form of reward. And the biggest reward I can think of is getting Christian Yelich back to what he was, or at least as near to it as you can. To do that, you've got to leave him alone. He's got to figure it out on his own. It's just not going to happen by the wave of a magic wand or one little session or one, you know, one uh, uh, hitting session that that Connor Dawson and Ozzy Timmons have with him. It's it's just not gonna, it's got to happen. The only way it happens pure and real is from Christian Yelich. I'm convinced of that. Because Christian seems like the type that ain't no one gonna tell him what to do. He's got it figured out. And he should. I love that comment. He's like an NFL quarterback. Cocky to the point of confidence, to the point of I'm good. And they know it, but that is in their DNA. That's got to come from him. There's nothing anyone else can do, in, in my opinion, that's going to get Christian Yelich out of this. But leaving him alone and letting him figure it out, it's going to be painful at times. And it is and has been. 
Sam, you're right. Some of the people pointing to it's been a couple of years now. And I agree. It's been, it's been extremely painful at times to see him struggle. But he's got to figure it out on his own. All right, we're going to hear from Craig Council. We'll, we'll have time for you guys uh, to squeeze in here as well before Rami gets back in here talking about the Bucks into the second round. And also, uh, well, there's something going on with the NFL in Vegas tonight. I don't know if you guys have heard about this. Huh. Would you look at that? There is. Oh, man, would I love to be there. Oh, goodness gracious. I haven't been there since October, and I'm going through withdrawals. Oh, I know, Tim. I know. <laughs> I just, Hang in there, man. When, I, hey, next time you do, though, it's going to be that much better. I agree. I agree. Uh, Gene Wagner Plumbing Post Game Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Brewers, a couple of runs to take a one-run lead, and that's where it's at. They score these couple of runs in the ninth inning. McCutcheon, a first-pitch home run, giving the Brewers the lead. McCutcheon, a two-run base hit, giving the Brewers the lead and the win. 13-7, and seven. they've won 9 of 11, and we're talking Brewers baseball here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. It's time to dive inside the box score for today's game. On 1250 AM, The Fan, Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Great food, awesome fish fries, plenty of TVs to watch the games, and always a friendly vibe. Get to some of the numbers here on a Brewers 3-2 victory. They score two in the ninth to take a one-run lead, and they walk out of Pittsburgh with a sweep. And that is sweet, that's for sure. Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Rami Makloff is going to uh, re-enter the studios in a little while. Talk some Bucks basketball. Also talk about the NFL draft today. Get to your calls here. Get to the numbers in just a bit. Let's squeeze in a, a couple of more calls and reaction here. Uh, let's go to Brett. Brett, you're on the fan at 799-1250. Hey, Tim. Uh, good win. And this isn't why I called in, but since a few people have mentioned it, I, I need to comment on it. First of all, Christian Yelich is not, getting, is not being demoted to a part-time player in June, August, September. It's not happening for four or five years so <laughs> that people got to let that go and and sam's not going to like this but the tyrone taylor love listen I, I like tyrone taylor he's a good fourth outfielder in my opinion but i don't understand the obsession brewers fans have with him i mean he he played good last year he had a two oh boy did we lose him go ahead brett, we, brett go ahead on? yep that's yeah. my bad go ahead yeah, so uh, I don't know how much of that you caught, but um, Tyrone Taylor, I, I just I don't understand the obsession. I mean, I he's a good fourth outfielder. I like him on the team, but he's not an everyday f- player. I mean, he hit like 240 last year, and even when Lorenzo's done next year, um, I don't think Loren- Tyrone Taylor is a starting center fielder next year. I think Joy Weimer or Garrett Mitchell have a much better chance of, of playing every day in center field. Yeah, no, they're in, they're in a good spot with center field, Brad. I will agree with that because what Tyrone Taylor is, he can bridge the gap to whether or not that gap is a year and a half or two or whether it's three months to one of those prospects, and the Brewers are stacked at center field prospects. Yeah, and the other thing I just want to comment on, you know, obviously we've talked a lot about how bad this offense has been, and, and rightfully so. Um, but we've won 13 out of 20, and I know the schedule's been easier, but 
that's on pace for 105 wins. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Brewers are going to win 105 games, but we have to be thrilled with where we're at with what the offense is doing right now. They're going to improve. I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to the Dodgers or we're going to be scoring runs like the Dodgers, but I mean this offense is going to get better, and um, we've got to be thrilled. So I'll leave you but, with this, but, Sam. But, I, I do but, want to ask you. You know, Chris and Yell is bunting. I mean, I bunt. I'm not a big fan of the bunt. Now, bunting for a base hit and a sacrifice bunt are two totally different things. I yeah. like bunting for base hits, but what do you think? I mean, obviously it was great. We we won the game with a big part of why of that being a big reason why. But what do you think that tells you about his confidence? I mean, would Christian Yelich of 2018-2019 be coming up to bunt? You know, where what what does that tell you where he thinks he's at? Brett, I, I talked about it opening the show. It is a stunner. The difference between 18 and 19, given the same situation, you don't want Christian Yelich bunting in that situation back in 18 and 19. You want him hitting the ball out of the ballpark to tie the ball game. It's just so crazy how things change. And, you know, this does, that does give you an indication of where he's at. That's for sure. That is symbolic to where he's at. There's no question about it. Brett, thanks for the call. And uh, Tyrone Taylor, the, the fan club president, uh, Sam Schmitz. <laughs> All right, so I just need to clarify real quick my stance on Tyrone Taylor. I agree with Brett. Um, after this year, I don't think Tyrone Taylor is your starting center fielder. I think having Tyrone Taylor as a fourth or fifth outfielder off the bench, it's, it's great. He's shown upside on offense and all that. But I just want to make clear, like, my whole shtick on – Twitter, if you're not familiar, Tim, when Tyrone Taylor does something good, I usually tweet out good things happen when you give Tyrone Taylor at bats, which is true. But it's mainly just because I love the story of Tyrone Taylor because the guy's been in the minors for so long, first-round draft pick and all that, is finally getting his chance. So then, you know, last year and this year, um, you know, usually if Tyrone Taylor does get at bats, he's proven that he can be productive. So I agree. I don't think he's, you know, your, your future plan at center field or in the outfield for the Brewers, but... He's certainly a nice bat to have off the bench, that's for sure. But don't you wonder uh, what he'd do with 8, 9, 10, 12 consecutive starts? I mean, I, I do wonder that. I'm not saying he would then all of a sudden you know, be, be this all-star, but you, you sometimes wonder about some of these players, what kind of rhythm they'd get into, what kind of groove they'd get into, what kind of role they'd get on, you know, if, if given – that opportunity, that's just not Craig Council. He, he no. said it again on the pregame show today. He loves flexibility. He loves flexibility. Flexibility, uh, let me remind you, flexibility and versatility does not necessarily mean good. It just means flexible and versatile, and that's that. I mean, it's it's some it, a lot of times, philosophically, it can help you win ball games for sure. It can. But just by definition, versatile does not mean you're good. It just means you're versatile. So, you know, Mike Brasso, would you say he's good? He's pretty versatile, nice tool, nice piece. But you put these guys in roles that they profile out to be. And to me, Sam, Tyrone Taylor profiles to be a fourth or fifth outfielder. He does. I would agree. I would agree. But I think think you'd agree, too, like – you talked about if the guy did have more playing time, if he got more consecutive yep. starts, if he were like kind of a guy that got thrown into a trade and goes to another team that would make him an everyday starter, I think Maybe. he'd be one of those guys who'd be like, oh, man, Tyrone Taylor's really uh, proven himself. Kind of like a Drew Rasmussen now with the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, through six, I think six scoreless the other yeah. night. Yeah, he had a great yeah. outing. They're finally stretching him out as a starter. Yeah, 
Yeah, 799-1250. Let's get John in here before we take a look at the numbers here. If you missed the game, Brewers won today again, 3-2. John, what's up? Hey, Tim. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Mm -hmm. Just a few comments on Yelich and uh, maybe a little bit of a correlation here. But I'm just going to go back to last year because I've only got to see one game on TV this year. But last year, you know, he was swinging at horrible pitches. His head was always down. I mean, his body language was just horrible. There was a game I did see where he didn't he didn't round out he did not run out a ground ball. He probably got forty feet and then turned the dugout and the throw was not even made yet. So if that ball is thrown away, he's in the dugout. Uh, and my correlation here is when Ryan Braun was on the team, that's the last time Yelich had a good year. I know he fouled the ball off his knee. But Ryan Braun was the leader on that team, and he, he he made sure that he was always looking positive. You know, even if he swung at a bad pitch outside like he did a lot, he went back to the dugout and he just took it. You know, when when someone's looking at the ground every time they, you know, can't hit the ball, uh, the rest of the team is probably looking at him like, you're supposed to be the best player on this team. You're being, you're being paid the most. What's going on? And my last comment is the Brewers are on pace to win 104 games. And I would say I'd give Yelich to 8-1. Okay. August 1st it is. All right. Thanks thanks for the call, John. August 1st again. We've, we've been all over the, the season here, all over the calendar. We'll get to some uh, social media responses because people tend to be a little more bold on social media. I think we can all agree with that. Let's check out the numbers. You're just getting out of work. You're getting things prepared and ready to go for the uh, NFL draft. Uh, I'm with you. And uh, Rami's going to be talking about that coming up in just a little while. 3-2 Brewers win. It looked good. Then it didn't look good. And then it looked great. So that's how this game played out. Uh, offensively for the Brewers, the big line here, the big stat line, Andrew McCutcheon, he goes three for four in this game, three RBIs, one run scored. Uh, he also drew a walk. He hit the first pitch off Jose Quintana for a home run and a Brewers one zip lead. And it held all the way until the bottom of the seventh in which Boxberger gave up a couple of runs and suddenly the Brewers trailed two to one. And it stayed that way till the top of the ninth. Yelich, as uh, our last caller just said, got the uh, rally going with a bunt base hit with one out. Then it's a Colton Wong base hit, Omar Narvaez base hit, and Andrew McCutcheon two-run base hit to give the Brewers the 3-2 lead and the win. Rest of the numbers here, Willie Adamas, he went 0 for 4 with a walk. Hunter Bradley Jr. went 0, I'm sorry, Hunter Renfro. Went 0 for 5 in this one. <laughs> Three strikeouts. I, it's just cynical. It's just comedy. It's just fun. I think he'll get out of it. Trust me. Keston Hira goes 0 for 2. Tyrone Taylor 0 for 4. Lorenzo Cain 0 for 4. Mike Brasso 1 for 2 with a walk. Colton Wong 2 for 4. A run scored. Alex Action Jackson in his first start in the Brewers uniform. Uh, he goes 1 for 3 in this one. Pinch hitters, Rowdy Telez 0 for 2. Yelich 1 for 1 with a big run scored. Omar Narvaez 1 for 1. Pitching lines, Freddie Peralta outstanding. This starting pitching, just wow. You know, you get a bump in the road once in a while, Woody the other night, but 
man, just every time they do this, it's I got to pinch myself and say, there's another one. Here we go. Freddie Peralta started the game today. He goes six innings, allows three hits, no runs, no walks, and seven strikeouts in the performance. Again, I think he had to work a little tougher in that sixth inning uh, or else he would have went out and finished seven. I'm convinced of that, but pitch count did get up. He ended up throwing 92 pitches, ERA now at uh, five flat. Boxberger, a bump in the road, a third of an inning, three hits, two runs, both earned. Brent Suter had to come in two-thirds, clean across the board. Hobie Milner, clean uh, for an inning with a strikeout. Devin Williams, one inning, nothing except three strikeouts as he got the save in this one. Brewers get three runs on nine hits, no errors. The Pirates just two runs on six hits with no errors. The win goes to Hobie Milner, 2-0. and The loss to Chris Stratton, 0-1, and Devin Williams, was saved number one on the campaign. Brewers with the victory go to 13-7 and here through the first 20 games of the 2022 championship season. We're going to hear from Craig Council up next. And again, a big day in sports here today is boy, the, who are the Packers going to take? Uh, you know, the talking about it is almost all done. Sometimes that's a good thing. I mean, you hear so much about this stuff. Let's just get to it, and they're going to get to it tonight. Uh, Rami's in in just a little while. Craig Council, we'll get to him up next here on The Fan. It's the Gene Wagner Plumbing Baseball Postgame Show, presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek. Let's get the scoop from the skipper on today's game on 1250 AM, The Fan. We are going to hear from Craig Council in just a bit. They're going to have a a nice, happy plane ride back to Milwaukee's Mitchell and fire up a three-game set, but still a lot to get to here. We're going to hear from Andrew McCutcheon coming up and Craig Council, as I said, in just a bit. Uh, Let's get you guys in here after a Brewers 3-2 victory. Michael, you're next on the fan. What's going on, Michael? Uh, Let's get you guys in here after a... There we go. I sound good right there. Hello? Go ahead, Michael. What's going on, Mike? Turn your radio off. I'm going to put Michael on hold. We'll get back to him. Let's go to uh, let's go to Rick. <laughs> oh, boy. Rick, what's going on? A uh, couple of things. One, I'm looking at World Series winners' lowest team batting average in a contemporary yearage here. And I'm looking good at stat. American I like it. I like it. What do you, what do you have? American League teams. Okay, that's what we are now, in essence. Oakland A's, 209. The 58, mm. oh, I can't go there. The, the uh, wait a minute, the 74 Oakland Athletics, 211. The Boston Red Sox, 211. You believe that? Well, well, at it right well. Now, we'll yeah. Secondly, um, as much as we all despise uh, Bobby Bond, or uh, Bobby, Barry Bonds, um, you know, and, and, and everybody knows it. He choked up. Choke up, Christian. Choke up, for God's sakes. Thank you. All right. Bye, Rick. That's interesting. I'm going to take a look at that, too, Sam. That is quite fascinating. Let's take a look at team batting. Not now, but as we move along this season, team batting averages that have made the World Series or have won the World Series. Huh. Okay, now we'll try Michael. Michael, what's going on? 
Hey, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I, yeah. I'm actually driving in my car right now. Um, You're good. But, yeah, no, uh, first question I, I wanted to ask, um, who is Hunter Bradley Jr.? Um, did we sign him? Is he a new player? I heard you mention him. No, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> yep. I know, I'm just messing around. I, but, I uh, know that, but you know what? <laughs> you got to have fun with some of this stuff at times. And uh, Hunter Renfro, we have yet to see the best of him, and we will. I promise you we will see a good Hunter Renfro for yeah. a while this year, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not concerned quite yet. I mean, the season's still early, and batting averages are down across the league. But I was kind of just wanted to your like, maybe a little bit more of your thoughts on um, an earlier topic about, like, one, you know, Christian Yelich, because, you know, like, I've seen, like, we, we've, we've seen this, like, with other players, but not at least to maybe Christian Yelich's extent. I don't know, because, I mean, Corbin Burns, we remember how he started off. He started off in the bullpen really well, and then to the starting rotation, and just completely imploded. It was bad. terrible, like yes. historically bla- uh, bad. But then, you know, they have the pitching lab and stuff like that, and they went back and, you know, changed some things up, and now he's the best pitcher, you know, arguably in baseball. You know, and so it's just kind of hard with, you know, to understand, you know, like how a player of Christian Yelich's caliber, who was a perennial mm-hmm. MVP candidate, you know, could just completely – you know, lose, you know, all that, you know, pop in his bat and everything that he had, you know, especially with all, like, the technology and how they can, like, go into, you know, like, whatever coaching they need and, you know, like, look at everything, like, to the very, like, smallest detail of, you know, these guys, you know, and their swing and stuff like that. So it's just, like, very, like, interesting to see it's how you know, super you can interesting, Michael. Michael, yeah. it's super interesting. It's quite fascinating in a way. There aren't many that fall off the table like that to that degree. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I guess Chris Davis might be one in Baltimore, but I, I would have to go back and, and check the the comps. Were they the same age? It was a big yeah. contract. It was. I'd well, have to I know go back he got and hurt too. So you know, there yeah. was also that. You know, I was thinking maybe you know he just you know when people get hurt, I know sometimes. You know, there's like a mental block because he broke his knee. You know, mm-hmm. I was watching the game when it happened. You know, so maybe there's that, but it's just like you know, hopefully the guy can come back because that's a huge sad to see. for us. You know, it's, it's it really is sad to see. It it really yeah. is, and and I do have a heart. You know, I'm not all, you know, hardcore and ice water running through the veins yeah. here, but I mean, it it is kind of kind of depressing and sad to see. But he'll he'll yeah. get through it. He'll be better than he is now. I, I'm yeah. convinced of that. But and, and then my As, last point, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I was just, we were talking about Tyrone Taylor and, like, other players, you know, if given the chance, you know, what they would do. Um, you remember Scooter Gurnett? Yeah. Yeah, I was always convinced that he was a decent player, and I was hoping, you know, eventually that we would give him, like, a full shot. And then, like, for some reason, like, we dropped him, and then he went on to be, like, this great hitter with the Reds for a few years. I don't know what happened to him. But I often, I often wonder, you know, through like many sports, like you know, how many players are out there, you know, who would be like great players given the right situation and like the opportunity to, you know, play every day. Well, you know, I, I'll tell with, you this. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you this, Michael. That um, you keep listening to the show, 
okay. I'll get I'll get Scooter on. I've stayed pretty close with him uh, oh, okay. since he since he's been out of baseball and since he went to the Reds. So I'll tell you what, in the next month or so, keep listening, and I'll do it during the day on on a day game. And I'll yeah. get him on, and and you you can uh, you can hear from uh, him himself. All right, all I got to I got to move along, Michael. Good yeah. good talking to you. The the thing about Yelich, real quick before we hear hear from Council, it has to come from within him, guys. It does, and and sometimes that takes time. You, he, Michael mentioned Corbin Burns, and how things were a mess early in nineteen, and it just it was self destructive, and it was just not good. All of what he did. I think he went through LASIK surgery. He had a uh, uh, a mental health uh, coach. He had uh, the, went to the pitching lab. There was some physical, mental, everything in between was worked on. That all the impetus behind all that was Corbin Burns. It had to be him to get the most success out of getting better. It has to come from within. That is probably the way Christian Yelich is going to get out of this. He's the intestinal fortitude for him. The uh, inner drive for him, quite frankly, guys that are superstars like that, they get embarrassed a little bit at times. And that's, that's a big hit on them. And I'm not saying that's the case with Christian. I'm just saying oftentimes they do get embarrassed. That's, that's human nature. I mean, I get embarrassed when I have a crappy show. It's embarrassing. It sucks. I mean, it just does. But you, you pick yourself back up and you... Do what you got to do. He's, I think he's going to do that. I really do. Craig Council has got to be pretty pleased with the pitching again. Josh Hader apparently was not available tonight, uh, this afternoon, I should say. But let's hear from Craig Council after the Brewers win the game and sweep the Pirates. From up high, it looked like another day where it was going to take a sustained – it's going to take some base hits to, to score today. Is, is that about right down by you? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was – it was like this was a confusing series with some of the hard hit balls for sure, um, but uh, you know we we put together a nice rally in the in the ninth, um, and it turned out to be enough. Did anyone see the bunt coming from Christian? Um, well, it's I mean we've seen kind of that in that scenario. He did it he did it a couple he did it last year a couple years ago in St. Louis, um, so it's. You know, it's 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 a play he can use to his advantage, and obviously he runs so good that um, made sense. And you kind of kept the line moving, as you like to say, from there. Omar, nice pitch. Yeah, and then we just had good at bats. I mean, Colton good at bat. Omar, nice at bat, and then obviously McCutcheon, um, you know, with a really clutch hit. It's gotta be nice for him. I mean, he has done stuff like that here so many times. Yeah, I mean, he, and he had a big game, huge game, um, carrying the load for us, and uh, I was happy for him. How about Freddie today? Pretty good. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was really good. Um, just kind of the ease operation. I thought Alex did a heck of a job. Um, just really comfortable back there with him. Um, and Freddie got it. Freddie got really locked in. Was it kind of vintage Quintana again? I mean, you guys have seen so much of him. He was pretty tough on you. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we he's changed a little bit. Um, and I mean, he threw his changeup was really good today, um, and, he, and he located it really well, and he stayed down and away um, and hit that spot a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, any pitcher that can just nail that spot a lot is going to have success, and he did a nice job with it today. Craig, was it a was there much debate about Freddie? It was like 92, 93. It was well, you know, it, because the because I I thought he emptied the tank kind of for the to get out of the sixth. That that was the that's why I took him out. And I because he he did he had to Hayes gave him a great at bat, 
and um, and you could see he was he he was kind of going for it right there with Hayes, and, and so um, you know it made sense at that time. Do you see Devin being kind of more locked in and more in command his last couple of appearances? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Um, you know, and and I, as much as anything, it just starts with you know the fastball challenging with the fast fastball strikes, and that that just makes the hitter. Um, you know, not, they're not getting any free pitches. You know, there's no free pitches, um, and the, and the changeup was really good today and around the zone as well. This is uh, what good teams do, right? I mean, two sweeps against the Pirates now. These are teams that you guys need to beat, right? Well, we, the games are on our schedule. It's who's in front of us, and um, you know, we're playing solid baseball. We're doing enough. We're playing uh, a lot of close games, um, and our, our, our bullpen is um, doing a heck of a job. And our, and our pitching in general. Regarding the confusing hard hit balls, have you seen enough to start forming some opinions, or do you want to wait till it warms up before you start thinking something's different? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, there was just some balls that were hit really hard that didn't 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 go as far as. I mean, there's enough, um, you know, kind of data on ball flight now that it that when we you know we hit some balls pretty hard that they're we know where they normally go um yeah. and then that's why the questions start to get asked it's it's looking guys there's craig council after the brewers win three two here it it is looking a little bit more and more like there has been some tampering with the baseballs i you know I, this this series those of you that watch this entire series some of those balls were crushed, and they didn't go anywhere. The launch angle was right, and that's what Craig was talking about. There's enough data out that launch angle angle was right, exit velocity was right, the, the wind conditions were right, and the ball didn't go anywhere. Now, atmospheric, yeah, maybe the, the, it was a little cold in Pittsburgh. I don't know. The, last I heard, I thought that some most cold nights, the ball carried a little bit better. So again, uh, more on that as the season moves along, if there's two different baseballs being used in the game of baseball these days. Andrew McCutcheon, all three RBIs. We're going to hear from him next here on The Fan. You're listening to the Gene Wagner Plumbing Postgame Show presented by Jim Dandies on South 27th Street in Oak Creek on 1250 AM, The Fan. Time to head into the clubhouse and hear from the pros. First pitch of the game, Andrew McCutcheon gave, gave the Brewers a one nothing lead. Jose Quintana, I, I just want to turn the page on this, this cat. I'm just tired of him. Aren't you tired of him, Sam? Him and Kyle Hendricks, very tired. I'm <laughs> tired of them looking back. like, I mean, when's the last time Jose Quintana had a nine strikeout game? I mean, my goodness. It was probably against the Brewers. Probably. I guess against the Brewers in like seven shutout innings. All right, let's uh, uh, Brewers win, by the way, 3-2 final today. They won 9 of 11. They'll go back at it tomorrow. We'll preview that uh, in just a second. But let's uh, hear from Andrew McCutcheon, a 3-for-4 with a walk and 3-RBI day. He was on the field with Sophia Minnert after McCutcheon, the game. you've spoken a lot about having an aggressive approach, and that showed up for you. Pitch one for that leadoff homer. How has that aggressive mindset led to the results that you've been getting lately? First off, that ball barely got out. <laughs> 
Man, I don't know what's up with these balls, but I thought I got it right off the bat, but then I was I was praying the last uh, few feet. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the mindset has to be there. A lot of times you can be aggressive early. You may not get the results that you want, and a lot of that, that can make you a little passive. But, you know, I have to tell myself to stay aggressive regardless of the outcome so that can keep me in that bats. Low Kane may have gotten an assist. Did you hear him yelling blow wind on that at-bat? Oh, I heard it. I, it. He was saying blow wind, and I was saying no pop as I was running around the bases. So, uh, But luckily, we were able to, I was able to get that one out. We were able to you know, get that one run on the board and uh, you know, start, start the game off. Well, you also finished the game off there in the ninth inning, capping off a great rally, and it started with Christian Yelich's pinch hit bunt. Did anyone in the dugout see a bunt coming from Yelly to start off the ninth inning? I don't think anybody, including the uh, opposing team, saw that coming. I mean, you know, the pitcher was the one to, to get that ball and pick it up and throw it the first, and Yelich was still, he was still safe. So um, shows you I don't think too many people were prepared for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, he started off for us, and we're able to, to keep that, that in and rolling, uh, give us the opportunity to be able to score some runs, and, and we're able to do that today. Well, great series for you here. You picked up a milestone with 200 stolen bases, a great series offensively for you at the plate. Good to sleep in your own bed and come back here to Pittsburgh, Kutch. Yeah, it is. I think I need to ship that bed to, uh, to Milwaukee <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it definitely feels good. It feels good to be to come back, be able to do it a few times throughout the season. So uh, nice to be home. So, uh, yeah, it's nice to finally show up against uh, a team that I once played for. <laughs> Finally, I know it's early in the season, but you guys are 6-0 now against the Pirates, and it's important to win these division series, isn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure, especially the games that you have, you need to win. Um, you know, when you have the lead, holding the lead and uh, getting those wins, these are the ones that, you know, those teams that are first-place teams, that's what they do. So um, it's, it's nice to be, to be here, be a part of a team that, you know, they can shut it down for us, and we have an offense that's capable of being able to put some runs up when we need them. So I'm just happy I can be a part of it, and, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. All right, chip the bed. Thanks for the time. All right, appreciate it. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, there were some close calls in that. So throw Rami's mic on right there. Rami, there were some close calls in there, especially with Sophie. At the end there. She said, ship What is going the on? Bed. What are ship. they doing over at Valley Sports? Maybe say it a little slower, you guys. Ship <laughs> the bed. The very beginning okay. of, Mc- of, of Kutch's interview there gave us yep. a great drop. Gave us a great drop. Oh, yeah. The children said. on the Rami show will have yes. a great time with that. Thank you, Andrew oh, yeah. Near so misses right Tim. there. Hold on. Now I hear him. Wow. There he is. All right. Okay, yeah, near misses. Uh, Sophia just ship the bed. Ship, ship the bed. Yes. Yeah, Good that sounded Lord, like, man. Whoa, what did you just? Oh, okay. Twice ship the Sam bed. jumped. And thought you had to hit the dump button. <laughs> whoa, jeez. <laughs> Sophia is too out of anybody. <laughs> yeah, and and draft mockery coming up. Bucks, Packers, uh, a big night tonight. But uh, tomorrow, <laughs> Brewers back home. Fire up a three-game set against the Chicago Cubs. Pitching matchups has uh, Adrian Hauser against Hendricks, Sammy. Yeah, Adrian Hauser going up against another Brewer killer in uh, Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks on the year, one for one with a 3.98 ERA. Adrian Hauser coming off of his last start with a 1-2 and two record and 3.52 ERA on the season as well. All right, Brewers get the win, 3-2 final, 13-7 and through the first 20 games of the 2022 championship season. Rami is up next. I'll rejoin him in just a couple of minutes for draft mockery, and I'll leave you with this again. Smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back.
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.